Hi, I'm Scott Steele. This is Crying Dad, episode 9. Enjoy. Crying Dad. How's it going? Another beautiful day. Here it is. Friday, the 24th of April. What an absolutely cracking day. Sun is... Splitting the trees. Don't really understand that. Only lightning splits trees. Doesn't matter. It's a nice day, is what I'm trying to say. If you just enjoyed outdoors, you wouldn't know the world is crumbling. Coming to an end. We've been taking advantage this week. We've been doing a lot of walking outside. Just once a day, we're sticking to the rules. But we've been taking the kids with us, doing some outdoor walking. That's a weird thing to say, you want to do indoor walking. We're quite lucky, we've got some fields and, and hills behind us, so we can get out and about and you fairly open spaces, so you can see anyone that's coming, so the two metre distance thing isn't really a problem. But we've seen taking in a bit of nature, it's good been good that just this morning we found a deer carcass that was that was fun that was a good good 20 minutes entertainment on that we took it we had the dogs with us so they were trying to eat the leftovers got to assume that it was a a fox or a pack of foxes foxes do the foxes go in packs wolves do dogs do they're in the same family. Surely they would. But then, generally, my knowledge of foxes right now is based on Peter Rabbit and Mr. Todd, who's the the posh, slightly camp fox, and that tends to cut about on his own hunting. So maybe, don't know how accurate Peter Rabbit is. Not too many rabbits cut about in blue waistcoats either. Anyway, aye, that was a good bit of entertainment. We're out for a couple of hours. Noticed something with the, the kids this morning. To get to the walk that we go, there's a couple of different routes, but this morning we took a route where you walk along a main road and then you cut up a little side path and then you're out, you're in the woods within a couple of minutes. The bit that we were on the, the road, the path on the road, we were out the house two, three minutes and both of the kids are moaning about everything and anything my son wanted a drink of water a minute after leaving the house when he just had one he was moaning about his legs being sore and my wee girl wanted lifted by my wife and uh, we were thinking god this is going to be a long hard walk this one but then as soon as we were off the road and into the kind of duck tracks where the trees and bushes and the you could hear the birds singing and everything else. The two of them walked the whole way for two and a half hours or something like that. So that first five minutes, and I think probably just didn't bored them that they didn't know what else to do with themselves. So they thought, what am I going to do? Spot cars? No, I'll moan. But then when they get out into the, the wild, if you want, they were quite happy. It was interesting. 
building dens, things like that. It's been really good. Time flies when you're out there. Burnt my nose, I look a bit like Rudolph. Or the other day, we witnessed first ever swan fight. That was it. That was exciting. I recorded it on my phone. I've not seen live sport in six weeks or more. So when they two started going at it, I was I was tempted to if there was anyone close by, I would have put a bet on with them which Swan was going to win. The big vicious, brutal bloody things. See if they had teeth, there would be a bloodbath. But one, I don't know if they were males. You you see it, you assume they're, they're males because I think the territory and all that stuff, I don't know if they're a different colour. There's two white swans battering each other and you could see that they were... They were trying to peck at each other's necks and then like putting their full weight down on each other. And then there's one that the fight started in the water and then it came out onto the side, just not far from where we were. And then this one's basically making it submit. And then it walked away and it, or it tried to fly away, it couldn't because it was probably dazed a little bit and ended up landing into a bush. And this more dominant swan then jumped down, starts beating on it again, almost like no, you you you'll move you'll you'll stay there until I I decide you have to move. And I assume we did the right thing in not intervening because that's nature. You can't. They're obviously they're, they're fighting over something, whether it's territory or politics. I don't know, but the the. We did the right thing, I assume, and not step in and make one of them fly away. Also, they're, I don't think they're that scared of anything. So if I had tried to step in, they'd have probably had a good go at me. I'd fancy my chances. They're not, they've got no teeth. So as long as you, you can use your weight, why am I analysing my fighting skills against a bird? They're not. Is that still a law? You can't. You can't hurt them, or you. I'm sure that's a thing. That swans are protected by the queen, or something. all swans are owned by the queen. My mate, I've got my phone on me. Hold on. Swans. Law. You then Swan Law UK. Here we go. Spitting in it, it's just a whole bunch of laws that you wouldn't believe. My source right now is themirror.co.uk, so it might not be the most reliable. Where the hell? They said it was on this page. Anyone found guilty of killing the protected species that is the mute swan can be fined up to £5,000. The hell? What's a mute swan? Surely they're all mute. I'll tell you that this one today wasn't mute, it was making plenty of noise. So we went the same walk today. The the big fight, that was a couple of days ago. We went the same walk today and, and this swan saw us from the other side of the lock, swims over, and it seemed to be fine with us. But then as soon as it saw my dogs, 
that started making this. It was like a hissing noise, like a you back off type noise. Again, I think Swans have had it too good because if if that thing had came and challenged the dogs, the dogs have got teeth and they're strong and they're fast, they would have ripped that apart. I don't think I like Swans very much. Because when we've watched them, they're 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 just big bullies. They're bigger than all they're like when you see a, a one beside a duck, they're like five, six times the size of them. I just cause they look nice. And by the way, they don't look that nice. This one came up close and it was making this that hiss noise. Like I, you can Google what a swan sounds like when it's trying to intimidate you. But they've got this big bulbous, like, what thing above their beak. So they're not actually that pretty. And they're big and they're, they've kind of got things their own way. See if, there was a, see if there was a movie about birds on a lock. Swans would probably, do you know who they would be? They'd be the ones that you think are the good guys. And then it turns out that in the end, they've been the the mastermind bullies behind the whole the whole big scenario. You see the way they treat the other birds? How many minutes have we in? We're nine minutes in. That's that that's swan talk. That's swan talk done. I think we'll <laughs> Uh, I need I need live sport to come back. This is this is why I'm 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 analysing swans. Nature's good though. It is good. You hear we we, we reckon we, we've heard the woodpecker a few times. We've got grouse and things around here. That's good. It's good. Ah, grouse, woodpecker, they're much better birds than swans are. Swans are assholes. It's big summer wrestler bulbous nose tits well they're not tits they're actually types of birds swans are bullies right they've evolved to be massive not a swan a swan needs to meet an ostrich an ostrich needs to beat up a swan and send out a message I don't think ostriches can swim I'm going to move on we're over the 10 minute mark and I've, I've spoken about birds. That is now the only time I've talked about birds this week. <laughs> uh, it was my father-in-law's birthday last Sunday. So uh, I'd agreed to make a wee quiz up on Zoom. And... I made all the categories, things that he he knows about. So like geography, football, and then wildlife. So he likes fishings and then claims to know about birds and things like that as well. So I tailored it to him and then, yeah, I had three, three bird questions in it. Uh, I don't think it went down that well. I think I may, maybe made it too hard. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway doing a lot of quizzes during this lockdown period there's another one last week 
the Sunday night Cousins quiz. Yet again, the music round let us down. We had a very strong score prior to the music round, and then again, every other section of it had 10 questions, 10 marks. The music one comes around, and for whatever reason, they decided there should be 12. And I think they were all one-hit wonders. Between me and my wife, we guessed one and got it wrong. We got zero out of 12. I think I'm sticking by my music thing. I'm I'm, I'm really not that interested. I've been trying to listen to more, but it's... Nah, it's not happening. It's not happening. Uh, What else has been happening? (laughs) My wife and my kids are out the back garden just now. Uh, (laughs) My daughter's been really funny. She's quite a strong character and gets a lot of joy out of being quite naughty a lot of the time. And she is... Developed a new a new survival technique, so she'll be will be doing whatever, and she'll do something naughty, or we can say bad on here. You know what I mean. You don't say bad to kids, but I can say bad to you lot, right? Like bad behavior, uh, <laughs> and and you go, oh, stop that! That's naughty. And as soon as you catch her out on something, she will immediately. <laughs> drop her head and pretend to be asleep. <laughs> the other day we were colouring in on the dining room table with colouring sheets and she just starts and she knows what she's doing. She's she'll be three in July. She's not she knows what she's doing. She starts colouring in the table and you can tell she knows she's been naughty because she's colouring it differently from how she would colour paper. She's scrubbing away, scrubbing away. Took us a minute to notice and go, no, stop that, stop that. And then she's... (laughs) (laughs) Or if she's she's walking and she's doing something naughty, she'll... She'll do that... She'll do this thing where if there's two cups of water or two cups of juice, if her and my son are having a drink with her dinner, she'll... She'll pour the water from one into the other and then the whole lot. The I had no idea there was a word for this. My wife said that apparently this is called sluttering. I had never heard this in my life. She loves doing that, but she pours it everywhere. Now, we've learned now that we only we, we fill less than half in each cup so that when she does it, there's no overspill. So we parent tip for you this week but if she's doing something like that and she pours juice everywhere or if she deliberately puts food everywhere or just whatever and she if she's standing up on the carpet and you catch her out and you go oh man she'll go <laughs> she'll just fall to the floor and pretend to be asleep <laughs> but she knows she's being funny as well so when she's doing it you you cannot 
avoid laughing when she does it, especially the first time you see it. It's it's not as if it, I, I can't record it because you need to. It needs to be a a natural naughty moment that she's having. You can't set up the conditions and then record it, and it, it just wouldn't happen. So she would just go big on about not done anything naughty in seven minutes. So then she'll go and find something to do and you'll catch her out and she'll just drop down like she's got narcolepsy. <laughs> you monster. Uh, what else have we been doing? Oh, last night was Thursday night. So we do the, the late night with my son. We watch a movie and do the NHS clap at the front door. We watch Space Jam on Netflix, the Michael Jordan, Bugs Bunny movie. It's a lot shorter than I remember. The, obviously, I would have watched that when I was primary school age, but I, it was extreme. Even my son went, that wasn't a long movie. I'd agree with him. It was good though. It, it, how, how Michael Jordan did not get an Oscar nomination for that is, is beyond all of us. It was it was it was good though. It was good. My son doesn't even know who Bugs Bunny is though. He knew, he didn't know any of the characters. Like Tasmanian Devil, Daffy Duck. Didn't know any of them. I suppose that's my fault. If it isn't on Netflix or Amazon Prime, he doesn't really know what it is. That was good. tends to be every, every week I come on here all I do is review movies that I've been doing but other than going for walks and watching TV and doing this there's what much else do you want me to talk about we watched a we did watch a great film with uh, I think it was called Chef or The Chef it was the guy that's, that, that directs or produces all the Iron Man movies. He was in, he was originally, uh, what we originally remember him from is, he was Monica's rich boyfriend and friends. John, let's look up, is it John Favreau? Favreau? John Favreau. Fav yes, I got it right. John Favreau. And the movie, uh, it was great. It was great. It was about this guy that's a a chef in a, a fancy LA restaurant and then loses his job because he he inadvertently gets into a Twitter spat with a, a restaurant reviewer or something. So he ends up opening up a, a food truck in Miami and then has to drive it back from Miami to LA where he lives. But there, there's like a whole bunch of layers and different stuff going on and it's all about him reconnecting with his, his son and his ex-wife and it was, that was great, really good kind of inspired me to then try and cook a wee bit more, so I went adventurous and I made my own tomato soup made my own tomato soup, I do I love tinned cream of tomato soup so rather than aim high and end up giving the whole family food poisoning. I went with something fairly basic and safe. And you know what? It worked out. It was bloody delicious. Because I thought, tomato soup, how easy could it be? 
I imagine all you do is put in a tin of tomatoes, heat it up and blend it. It's, it's, it takes time. The thing is, time with these. You fire a whole bunch of onions, really thick. You don't chop them too finely. Fire them in with a whole bunch of other ingredients that I can't remember. Anyway, basically, it's more than just tomatoes. Uh, some butter and then a variety of different tomatoes. Let that cook for a, a good 45 minutes. Then blend it and see what it turns out like. And it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Only thing is, I had to go and buy a new blender because the other one was on the blink and there was a little rubber rim round the side of it that was kind of falling apart. So basically what I'm saying is my my tomato soup had blue bits of rubber in it. We'll just we'll just call them special croutons. Not a big fan. Not a big fan this week of people pratting on that they're bored. There's... I, I think they're misunderstanding what they're, what they're saying. You're not... I don't think people are bored. I think they're frustrated. And it's always on social media. It's like, well, if you're... If, you, if your only source of entertainment is Facebook and Twitter, then I, you're probably going to be bored. People are frustrated because they can't they can't go and socialise with their friends. Or if they've got they the their way of making money, they need to to be out doing that. That that can be frustrating. Or or they they want to go on holiday. That can be frustrating. So frustrated, annoyed, fed up, uh, but bored. Bored you bored something if you're doing something. If you're taking part in something and you're have no interest in it, like you'd be you'd be bored in a certain class at school. For people that aren't into sports, they would probably find a PE lesson boring. It's like I don't I have no interest in this, this is not engaging me. Or if they were forced to watch a football game, you would say, This is boring to me. Or if I was made to watch a I don't know, romantic movie, I would be bored. But you have choices. If you're sitting in the house, there's so many things you can be getting up to. Or the weather's good, you are allowed outside once a day. Go and do it. So just nip this in the bud. Just stop saying you're bored. It's not true. Yes, it's annoying, frustrating. There's other things people would want to be doing. But it could be a lot worse. A lot of people have got it a lot worse. The people that are saying that are bored haven't got it as bad as others. So they kind of... It can be a wee bit insensitive to be saying that kind of stuff. Because there's, there's people... Obviously, the NHS and emergency services are 
having to go out there and risk being infected every day. I'm sure they won't appreciate you saying you're bored. Just, like, find something. Order something online. Get yourself a PlayStation. Read a book. Go for a run. If you can't find someone Netflix to watch, there's, you've got no hope at all. There's people that are, are desperate for attention on them. And whether we were in lockdown for a week or six months, they probably felt that on day one. Anyway, cut out saying you're bored. Yes, you're frustrated and there's other things you can do. But try and think about it positively. You you can be a hero by staying in and watching the telly. It's not like back in the 30s where I'm a man with no physical ailments in my 30s during that time it would be if you were going to war it would be no you're signing up unless the very unusual circumstances or you can't go and fight you're having to do this what are we having to do right now sit and watch the telly make a TikTok video I don't know what TikTok is is it just folk dancing? Do them. Aye, go make a TikTok video if you're bored. <laughs> I won't. I'm a massive fan. Time for I'm a massive fan. I've I've found a new obsession. I'm a massive fan of the show that's on Netflix, Doomsday Preppers. Get involved in this. With all the people with all the corona stuff going on, and everyone everyone went mental with toilet roll the first couple of weeks. That's tends to have died down because I think people have gone right okay that's that was a bit daft sure there's other things we can stock up on or we aren't running out of toilet roll just buy the normal amount uh, I'd heard I'd heard someone on another podcast talking about the TV show I can't remember which one but it was we were just putting something on kind of light hearted on in the background and when I heard about this thing, doomsday preppers, so these people that think there's going to be some kind of catastrophe that they need to pe- prepare for. And at first I thought, oh, this is all uh, conspiracy theory people, like flat earthers. This is folk that think aliens are going to come down and take over or there's going to be some kind of judgment day. So we fired it on, and I, I, I'll be honest, I thought it was I, I was going to be taking the piss out of it. 
so the the episodes are an hour long, and in that they kind of showcase three different preppers, so people that are preparing for some kind of doomsday, and they come on and they say, "Oh, my name is such and such." It's based in America. My name is such and such, and I'm preparing for. And then it'll say something like, a world economic disaster. And you go, right, that doesn't sound too mental. And then they'll talk about all the way they're preparing food. It's America, so these people have more guns than you've ever seen in your life. They talk about how much ammo they've got. They talk about the... The cabin they've got in the woods, which has six months worth of food in it. They talk about the canisters that they've buried, and they've got uh, food and, and bullets in there, and what their water source is going to be, and all of these things. You know, right? Actually, actually, that doesn't sound... That doesn't sound too bonkers. And then another one comes on, and they say... Oh, my name is such and such, and I'm preparing for a government takeover. So the government telling you where you're allowed to go when, making the the rules, basically creating a big brother state. And honestly, the more and more I watched the show, I started going, fuck, these people have got it right. Because it, like I mentioned a minute ago, I thought it was going to be like flat earth people, the kind of nutcases. But a lot of the stuff they were making sense, and it, and it was, it, it wasn't like, not to sound kind of derogatory, but it wasn't like all hillbillies out, you know, saying, oh, the government's this or, or this or that. It was normal kind of working class, middle class, and then some very wealthy people. We have a variety of backgrounds just explaining their reasoning for this. Some of them saying the way the economy is going, the US has however many trillions of dollars of debt and there's no way of coming back. How do they... Eventually, it's just going to come crashing down like a house of cards. And the more I watched it, I was like, these people are convincing me. They've got it right. We are so unprepared. And what has the last two months shown us? How well prepared is the government? You know, the the whole the reliance or the, the assumption is or you pay your taxes and you if you behave yourself and you work hard and you do you you follow the rules. The police will protect you. The emergency services will be there. The government will have your back, and there'll always be a way out. And you're, but now, they, they, these people are—they're making sense. And yet, I was going, shit. What is? I am so unprepared. I've, I've maybe got two weeks, three weeks worth of food. I live in a semi-detached house. I'm not exactly in a log cabin. 
in the middle of nowhere. So all of them are making sense. They were talking about, the, and most of them that were on it were all saying similar things. They're saying, "I'm preparing for when the world economy comes crashing down and there's anarchy on the streets and all businesses are shut down. There's no restaurants. There's limited shops. You're being told when you're allowed to leave the house." And this was filmed in 2012 or 13, the first season, I think. And I bet you, I bet you, those folk are in their their bunkers, just delighted, delighted, sitting there eating their cold tins of beans over the moon. So there was all those ones that, that you made sense, but then at the end of the first episode, so like I said, there's three in each hour long. Person says, I'm preparing for the economy breaking down. Here's what I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. Next person, something similar. And then this last person, uh, I assume they were the most wealthy ones. This couple, I'm guessing by their ages, maybe mid-50s. And they move into this big, fairly big kind of remote B&B slash hotel, like bigger than a, a B&B house, but not quite a massive hotel in this beautiful part of remote America somewhere. And they, their reason is that they believe through the spirits that used to live in the house that a comet is going to or an asteroid, what don't know the difference, is going to collide with the Earth and they have to be so many thousand feet above sea level. Which is fine. But that the their only source of that, like the other people that are talking about, they're going, look at the economy. There, there's only this can only go for so long and it's gonna come crashing down. You go, oh, yeah, I got you. And then this crackpot comes on and goes, I the old woman that died in that house, her spirit came to me and said that we need to prepare for the the asteroid colliding with the earth. And what they get is, I love it. So what they get is, all of them, at the end of each show, the there's some expert people at the show go and ask to say, how long do you think these people will last based on different things? So it's out of these categories. So I think there's five. There's food, water, shelter, security, and X factor. So food is obviously what sources of food they have stocked up. What are their, uh, if they're good at hunting, how are they going to gather more? And then water could be how close are they, how close are they going to be to a natural water reserve or what way are they going to filter their own if all of a sudden the, the pipes or the water system breaks down and all that stuff. So they get a mark out of 100 and then that breaks down and then it tells them, based on our experts, you will last eight months, 
on your own. And then they go, right, I don't agree with that. I reckon I've got blah, blah, blah. And it... <laughs> it's, oh, it's brilliant. And you can't... Like, we're sitting watching, and the more you get into it, and then someone comes on and they, and they explain... Uh, where they live and what they've got and you go oh I bet you they get a good score for the security I bet you oh that nah that guy's he's, he's shut the bed with that with his water system he's no nah he's getting a terrible score for that <laughs> and the the more you watch it you end up going uh, I feel jealous of these people like when you walked in and someone's got uh, oh there was one guy that had a 300 he'd bought a van and spent $300,000 kitting it out for the, the the end of the world and you're like oh man he, the guy's on his own no it wasn't because it, it showed you him had a, like a six year old daughter or something like oh sorry pal that's your college money or money I could have invested in something for you, but I've I've spent it on a van in case <laughs> in case the zombie apocalypse comes about. Anyway, basically what I'm asking is I'm in need of three shotguns, uh, a high quality HD security system. And our off-road vehicle, if anyone wants to help me out. We'll, we'll bring it to a close with that madness. I'm away to find some tins of food. See you after. Thanks for listening. Subscribe. Tell more people.